You just said something deep you got to, like, bring back on air. I'm sorry, what was that? You did, (laughs) and it was off air. You weren't even trying. (laughs) Dr. Slattery said something yesterday, too, from Authentic Intimacy in the Job with Julie podcast. She essentially said, if you're trying for the perfect marriage, give up now. (laughs) (laughs) Because you're never going to have a perfect marriage. Yeah, yeah, we got to talk about it. You're going to have issues. Yeah. You've got issues. Part of the success is accepting it. And if you accept that, you stop being in fix-it mode all the time. I was in fix-it mode because I was like... Uh, We were both in our own marriages in fix-it mode. Yeah. All the time. (laughs) She said that when we get in a conflict with our spouse, or like a friend, for example, but primarily a spouse in this case, we really have two choices in how to respond. One of them is tell yourself, you know what? I know that you know that. What with this, this, what we have, it will grow. It can grow. It will. Or what I could do <laughs> is. Ron sent me the interview <laughs> by email, and I forwarded it to my wife. I said, You gotta listen to this interview from Dr. Slattery today. Uh, I've actually failed all these years at one really key thing she wrote in this, or she said in this, Mm -hmm. send. Tell us more about how you used this later on in the day yesterday. What are your thoughts on this? What helped after many years with my partner is I... So you'll be going on the air with dinner, and he's going to forgive you, or she's going to forgive you when she doesn't want to. <laughs> and she's going to go that way. It was so much easier to use this method with all people because yeah. there is something that they give you that you evidently need. We're going to wrap up this discussion about some counterintuitive things we've learned this week, both from a book we both started reading and from Dr. Julie Slattery's conversation with us just yesterday about conflict in marriage and that it really can bring you closer together. Having a hammer in your hands does not look lovable. You know what we're about to do? We're about to get real. We're about to have conversations that Christians have behind closed doors. The scary ones, the ones that make you feel uncomfortable, that's where we're going. Why? Because we're family. Ustedes son mi familia. So this is the Brian and Janelle podcast. She's Janelle. I'm Brian. And if you don't want to miss anything, just hit that subscribe button. This is the Brian and Janelle podcast. Today, we're going to continue follow-up Friday. Are we going to be, like, serious this time? <laughs> like, really talk? <laughs> You're like, oh, nice try. Yeah, I mean, we could try for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> follow-up Friday, though. So if you want us to be... Bring your topics. We do a good job. Just, like, bring your topics, and we'll try to, like, talk for real. Because if you don't bring up your topics, who knows what's going to happen. <laughs> right. Dr. Slattery was on yesterday. Man, we got problems. <laughs> right? Like, like yeah. I had to go home, and I sincerely looked at my wife, and I said, I'm sorry. I've been yeah. doing this wrong. Yeah. And she smiled and kind of chuckled and was like, I forgive you. But... <laughs> Maybe you want to talk about that, where she was talking about how you can actually grow closer through conflict. Many people texted right after and was like, can I please get the audio file? Can you make this a podcast? So, yeah, Brian, tell us more about how you kind of use this later on in the day yesterday. Well, see, I mean, it also has to do 
with, if we back up a few steps, something that Sarah and I are doing at home yeah, and also something you've started mm-hmm. with Len. Yeah. There's a marriage book that Sarah and I are going through together by Dr. John Gottman. It's called The Seven Principles for Making Marriage Work. Yes. And I was going to say, you said this book is a game changer. Yeah, he is considered, and we checked with Dr. Slattery on yes, this. Yes, we did. Mm-hmm. Dr. John Gottman is considered to be the foremost relationship expert in the country, let alone the world, perhaps, Yeah, because he's done groundbreaking research for decades on marriage relationships and what makes them last and what doesn't make them last. And is it a Christian book? No. But Again, he's a psychologist and he's got a bunch of research. And so we can take our Christian faith Mm -hmm. and use that lens through which to read this thing. And he said something and like the early on in the book, page 28 (laughs) of this book that when I read it, I brought it right into work to show Janelle. And it was a game changer for you. Yeah, it was like, because it was so early. I remember texting Dr. Julie because we're friends. And I was like, can you please pray that Len will read this with me? Because he's busy and he's not a reader. I read that part of the book and I texted her back. I was like, forget it. I was like, I just read something that I could just shut this book and I can help transform the marriage because I realized I've been messing up. And I was like, this will just have such an impact on our marriage, and it did just that week. And you know, you and I have so much that we're different in. Yeah. But you and I, I think, can stand and agree that in this, I think, groundbreaking, earth-shattering thing that he says <laughs> in this book, you and I have failed at this oh in our my marriages. Go- and then we thought we were winning. I thought that part made me the essential part of our marriage. Like, dude, like... We got to work on this, and the Lord's using me to help you. <laughs> but right though, we both have failed at this. Yes. Oh, so the poor man's been living twenty-one years thinking we got problems because there's always a conflict. Yeah, oh, and my so goodness. let's be clear: this is not a Christian book, but Dr. John Gottman is the foremost relationship expert in the country. Yeah, hands down, and he's got tons of research. It's fascinating to read about what he's discovered, mm-hmm. but. I mentioned earlier, and I'm going to read it for you now, page 28 of the book is something that made Janelle buy it, right? This was it. Yes. So he says this. Here's one of the most surprising truths about marriage. Most marriage arguments cannot be resolved. That's it. I'll read more here. You can go to Barnes and Noble, read that line and be like, I'm winning. We're done. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. The most surprising truth about marriage. Most marriage arguments cannot be resolved. He says, couples spend year after year trying to change each other's mind, but it can't be done. This is because most of our disagreements are rooted in fundamental differences of lifestyle, personality, or values. By fighting over these differences, all they succeed in doing is wasting their time and harming their marriage. Instead, they need to understand the bottom line difference that is causing the conflict and learn how to live with it by honoring and respecting each other. Only then will they be able to build shared meaning and a sense of purpose into their marriage. And I remember the look on your face when I was like, <laughs> this guy says that most marriage conflict isn't going to be resolved. You were like, what? But then what adds to it is the studies he's done. He's been doing studies for over 40 years and has looked at thousands of marriages and the ones that are like have successful marriages and have been married for like over 30 years have conflict, unresolved conflict, ongoing. Yeah. And they're okay with it. 
It's crazy. And I've been trying to figure out all these, the last couple of weeks when I've been reading this and talking about it with Sarah, mm-hmm. we've spent a lot of time looking at each other going, why didn't anyone tell us this? Yes. Where has this information been? And it's not new. No. Uh, well, where have you, where else have you heard that? Well, see, I was talking to Sarah about this just yesterday because I remember in middle school they had the conflict resolution team, mm-hmm. and I got to be on that, and it's where they teach you like you know I statements and how to resolve conflict. Yes. But in the name of the group, the implication is that conflicts must be resolved. Resolved. Yeah. Hello. Resolved. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and what John Gottman is saying is that most, in fact, Julie Slattery said yesterday in her interview with us, two thirds of conflict in marriage will not and cannot be resolved. Hmm. And Dr. Slattery went on to even add more to this. Mm -hmm. And this is where I said to Ron, during the show, you better pull this so I can send it to my wife because I'm going to (laughs) have to apologize. She said that when we get in a conflict with our spouse or like a friend, for example, but primarily a spouse in this case, we really have two choices in how to respond. One of them is tell yourself, you know what? Like in my case, Sarah's not criticizing me. She's trying to share her heart with me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be humble. I'm not going to be defensive. And I'm going to say something like, as Dr. Slattery said, you know, I did not mean to hurt your feelings. But clearly I did. So can you help me better understand what happened here so I can prevent myself from doing that again? Or what I could do <laughs> <laughs> is defend myself, yeah. interpret their pain as an attack on my effectiveness as a husband. She said a lot of men end up with this reaction when their wife is criticizing or upset is by thinking in their heads or saying out loud, uh, do you remember like yesterday I bought you the cookies and the day before I bought you flowers and I did this, I did this, I did this. You think I'm a terrible husband. How could you say this? I'm a great husband and you're this upset. So they defend themselves and they interpret their spouse's pain as a personal attack and a critique of their overall effectiveness as a partner. I do that. You do that. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yes. So I'm not the only one that does this. No. I was trying to tell Sarah, Janelle does it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What? You sound like our kids. I'm not talking about Janelle. What? I played it for Sarah. and She got to that part and she goes, Brian, oh, my goodness. She knows you. Oh, wow. I was like, Sarah, I didn't tell her any of this. You started laughing? She laughed. She's like, I've been trying to tell you this for a long time. So how does it manifest itself for you? You do this too? Where you feel like... If Len gets upset, it's an attack on you as a wife? Yeah. And so it's the ongoing thing right now is our kids and the house and their chores and they don't get it done. And, you know, he gets frustrated. So he doesn't even have to talk to me. He could just get frustrated at the kids. (laughs) Then I get frustrated. This has been years. I get frustrated. And then when we talk about it, I'll tell him. He's like, it's not about you. It's about the kids. And I'm like, anything with the house is me. Well, it's about the kids. And then I say, well, yeah, I'm supposed to be the one that's supposed to tell them and have them remember to do it during the day. So really, it is about me. So now it becomes an argument, not about him and his frustration. I make it an argument about it really is about me and and how I'm doing as a mom and how I'm keeping the house. I honestly will tell him I want it to be a good experience when you come here. Let me know. Like, what is it that I need to do? Give me a list. So I, it's out of good motive, but he keeps telling me I'm not talking about, you know? And so I miss Sarah his point. That. I miss yeah. his point, which is like, it's me and my, fr- like, can you see what frustrates me? 
And so I make it about me. And so it's really not being a good listener. Because what we and should do. And then not do. caring about the stuff that bothers him. Like it's not really caring. It's about being defensive. It's yes. about caring about me. Because what Dr. Slattery says is he's just trying to share his heart with you. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, my goodness. For years, Brian. And they're still with us. <laughs> oh I know. Isn't that the amazing thing? Wow. Like I did one of those where she was sitting outside on, on the patio on like a reclining chair outside. And I sat down at the end of it. And I looked at her. And I was one of those where I was like, no, seriously, look at me. Yeah. I'm so sorry. I, I've done this. Mm-hmm. This is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And then I'm still frustrated, but I don't know where this comes from. Like, who's teaching this? About the getting defensive part or the conflict resolution part? The the tandem idea that all conflict must be resolved, number one. And number two, that the way that you respond to conflict with someone you care about is with, you know, biblical ideas like humility and care for (laughs) others. Right, right. Ron, have you figured this out already? Like someone told you He's and you just kept it from us? laughing at us over there like, uh, <laughs> It's a secret. Not... <laughs> yeah. You, it's a secret. You didn't tell us. We've been sworn to secrecy. Yeah. <laughs> I just know that I don't like conflict, so I don't push for resolution. Does um, Dana? She tries. She's got to catch me first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is he running away? Well, ah, but what you're saying is that maybe not to the extreme that we're discussing. You've fallen in this trap in your marriage. Some, yeah. And I tend to be the one who avoids the conflict, and she has adapted to that. I think early on, she would have preferred that, okay, this is a problem, let's resolve it right now. And I would say, I've got chores to do or something, and, you know, put it off. Well, and see, what Dr. Slattery is saying in this is not that you don't have conflict, it's that it's the way you have conflict yeah. that you accept you can't mm-hmm. resolve all the conflict and you use it as a way to go closer to your spouse. And you asked, how did we get this? For me, my whole issue of we got to talk, we got to talk. That's who I am. We talk about harmony and agreement. Agreement's a big deal. So that my heart is in order for our marriage to be okay, I'm assuming we, that we got to come to agreement Right. So that's partly consensus. Consensus. That's partly where it comes from. Also, the fear of and I've shared this numerous times in the last few weeks, last few days, brushing things under the rug. I don't like that. And I've seen marriages and families getting trouble for that because I've seen families that are afraid of conflict. So they just don't talk about it. And see, that's not healthy either. My family is the complete opposite. Like the way we grew up is it's one of my favorite memories. My parents would sit with us during the weekend and talk Saturday nights and talk about stuff and you unpack it. In fact, that's one of the things that made Len say, whoa, I want to be a part of this family because he would see like y'all wouldn't even like fight about it. You would talk about conflict and be okay and point out you got to work on this, got to work on that. So it was, I think that's healthy. But in the way it translated into our marriage is there's still stuff we talk about, but we can't get to a resolution. But what you can get to is to an understanding and a love and respect. Right. Of your differences. Yeah. But but for years, it was like, no, I think we're supposed to talk about it, which is what I've learned. But we got to get to the point where we're like, oh, okay, this is how, like, let's agree to, like, 
a solution. And there's many issues we still haven't gotten there to. Or even to get to the point where Len finally admits he's wrong. Yeah, that's a good one. Woo! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But that's not the way we're supposed to approach it. Yes, it's not. Hey, it's Brian. I've got one little request. Now, I'm not good at tap dancing, so I will not tap dance around it. So here it is. We need your money. Okay, that was a little direct, but it's true. We're part of Moody Radio Cleveland, and we're a listener-supported ministry. So people like you who listen to this podcast every week faithfully, and we're grateful for you, you are the ones who keep every episode coming out time and again. And it's not cheap to keep radio stations and podcasts running. So would you prayerfully consider a donation to this ministry? Super easy to do that. Go to moodyradio.org slash Cleveland. Again, moodyradio.org slash Cleveland. And you can follow links there to get your gift in safely and securely right now. Thanks. Right now we're revisiting a conversation we had yesterday with Dr. Julie Slattery. We loved it as much as you did. Many asked for it to be a podcast episode. We asked for the audio to share with our spouse with an apology because we messing up. We've been messing up. Yeah. In fact, I even did like a little radio thing with my wife in an email. Ron sent me the interview (laughs) by email and I forwarded to my wife. I said, you got to listen to this interview from Dr. Slattery today. Uh, I've actually failed for all these years at one really key thing she wrote in this, or she said in this, Mm -hmm. send. (laughs) Did you say what? Or no, because she... <laughs> I wanted to listen to it. Yeah, right? yeah. And she that was did. good. You teased it. See? That was good. So my sister and I were talking about it while we were driving to the zoo. And she's been married for like 10 years, and she resonated with it. And just especially the part when you said that Dr. Slattery reminded us and said, you got to stop trying to make your marriage perfect. There are no perfect marriages. And the way we connected with that is we also try to make our spouse perfect for us. You know, like the things that are wrong, we're constantly trying to change it and fix it. So examples that my sister brought up was she loves going to restaurants and he doesn't. He does this Len thing. Len and him are very similar. They're like best buds. He'll go to the restaurant and be like, I mean, we could do pickup. Or he's like... You know, why do you go sit in a restaurant? Restaurants aren't for, like, sitting. It's about the food. So just get the food and we'll bring it to the house. Len, for me, restaurants are about the experience and conversing. Since we've been dating, Len will just sit there and just, like, eat. So I'll be in the car. And I'm like, that was so boring. Like, we didn't even talk. (laughs) That was the first time this came up. And he looked at me and was like, Talk about what? Restaurants aren't for talking. They're for eating. Can you imagine? So that was an issue. And so, but that's a fundamental difference in what the purpose of a restaurant is. And you yeah. have a choice. Do you need to change Len's mind about that? Right. And who he, like, it's who he is. Right? That's just his thing. Either change his mind or get that from somebody else. Like, my sister loves restaurants. I do, too. So we go kick it at the restaurant. And then if she needs to get takeout with her husband and sit in a car, do it his way. Because she, my sister said, man, that's crazy. Like, you're trying to fix him and change him. And so you can't end up living with someone that feels like I can't be who I am in this relationship. And you'd live in perpetual frustration. Yeah. Because they don't care about you enough to change for you. 
yeah. what Dr. Slattery and Dr. John Gottman, and again, his book, we've talked about the seven principles for making marriage work. He's like, listen, you're not going to resolve conflict and you got to stop trying to change your spouse. Yeah. And then it's not the gospel. The Bible in Ephesians calls the husbands to love your wife the way Christ loved the church. We're supposed to love sacrificially. The gospel means I love you with everything that makes you who you are. The good things, the bad things. That's like loving unconditionally. And so I haven't been doing that because it has been about you're not doing X, Y, Z. Or we talked about conflicts. We're not okay until we fix X, Y, Z. And then we are distracted from what the that book talks about, which should be fundamental in our relationship, which is our friendship. Haven't you noticed that? All of that focus shifted all of our energy away from what started our marriage to begin with, which was our oh, yeah. friendship. In, in this book by Dr. Gottman, he talks about that idea that really the best way to have a successful marriage is to have a foundation built on just being great friends yeah. to the point that if you get into a conflict, you're able to even laugh in the middle of it because you so mm. love and respect each other. Diane and Amherst, what are your thoughts on this? Well, you know, what helped after many years with my uh, partner is I started to pray. And I know people use praying as everything, but I started to pray <laughs> that God good. would be, um, that my husband would become all he was meant to be in God's eyes and not mine, and then I would win. Oh. And that was oh, the easiest good. thing for me to tell people, stop, get out of your own way. Start to pray that your partner becomes all they are meant to be in God's eyes, and he's going to forgive you or she's going to forgive you when she doesn't want to. <laughs> and she's going to go that way. It is so easy because you get out of the way, and I agree with what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned the word perfect, and every time somebody uses the word perfect with me, whether it's a child or a partner, I said, you don't want to go there. Mm-hmm. Because there was only one perfect person, and they crucified him. I'd stay away if I was you. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. So, you know, what, about perfect, your- what about perfect for you? Have you seen where you've done no. that? Try to make him the right person for you. No, it was so much easier to use this method with all people because they are who they are. And there is something that they give you that you evidently need. And you don't want to exclude them because sometimes a relationship is between a friend or a neighbor is for you. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter in the differences because there's something you're gaining from that relationship that's healthy. So if you can do that... It helps. And it is good to say, find out what they don't like and don't do it. That's the easy way. Find out what they don't like. If they don't like you not being there when they come home, then don't do that. If they don't like that there isn't a a meal a couple times a week, then don't do that. It's real easy because we do it for our bosses all the time. We know (laughs) what they don't like. We don't do it. It's it's real simple. Well, it's it's simple because it works. It doesn't mean we like it. Doesn't mean we like it, but it works. Where did you learn that idea, though, Diane, of like, I'm just going to pray that God turns him into who he's made to be, not who I want him to be? How did you learn that? I I think it was praying for wisdom for probably years and years. Wisdom. He was came from divorce before it was popular. And with that comes a lot of different circumstances that people have never dealt with. Uh So you're not going to change how they have been given this idea of how life is or how life should be. But he did observe um, not having meals together, and he did go into homes where that was happening, and he saw it as good. 
and he could see that the father was talking to the sons or the, uh, the mother was talking to the daughter, and he saw something that was healthy. Hmm. And it's obvious that it's healthy. Mm-hmm. And then when we were able to get married, um, that was something he decided that would happen. There would be meals around the table, and then you would ask to be excused. And it would just be something that you have those moments to bond. And it was true because after a while, you do start saying things you never would have said. Yeah, that's right. So Great it really worked, wisdom, I, Diane. Thank you so much for that. No. I think it really makes a difference to hear someone had prayed for that for years, and, and God gave them that kind of wisdom that clearly is supported by research. Growing closer through conflict. It was counterintuitive to me. We've seen it with Dr. Gottman's book, and Dr. Julie Slattery wrote about it on her blog. And it's just that idea on, especially she said, two-thirds of conflict in marriage will go unresolved but getting to the point where you're okay with it. So it was kind of against the way I handled conflict in my marriage. But she also said something yesterday close to the end of the conversation, and it had to do with the way we accept love from our spouse. Hmm. So one example for me for many years, and one of my closest friends had to hear about it a lot and help me pray (laughs) through it, was this thing that we wouldn't go on dates hardly. Ever. And when we would, we would bring the kids. And it was those years where I stayed home. The boys were little, like the oldest was seven. I'm home all day with, the, at the time, three boys. And he's like, by the time we go out and pay for a babysitter and do all that, he's just like, can we just bring the kids? That was not a date to me. And so it left me feeling like he didn't want to spend time with me, like he didn't care. And so one of the things Julie said yesterday was accepting and believing that our spouse cares about us and loves us. That sounds very basic, but if you translate that into like an example I just used, it can help release Len since we've read that part of the book. Did that help you? Did it transform the way you look at love and the way you receive it? Yeah, because it doesn't just put the onus on your spouse to love you the way you need to be loved. We do have a responsibility in our own lives to be able to recognize that our spouse loves us differently than we prefer, but it's still love. Is there a middle ground, though? Yeah, I think in a healthy relationship where you're considering your spouse is more important than yourself and you're loving each other sacrificially, you're submitting to one another, you're both making an effort to love each other the way they need it. But at the same time, like Len is an acts of service guy. He is, big time. <laughs> like, you, you just happen to one day casually mention, oh, I wish this bathroom was done differently. And the man redid it. Yeah, he redid, redid the whole bathroom. I said one time laughing because we were talking about the honey-do list. And I went back home thinking I was winning. I was like, look, babe, I never give you a honey-do list. And then he said, actually, you do. I was like, when was the last time? And he said, whenever you say out loud, you don't like something or you wish something was a certain way, he's like, it goes on my list. He's like, you don't mean to, but it goes on my list because I want you satisfied and I want you happy. So I've been careful about it. But for years, that didn't work for me. I didn't receive that as love. Well, yeah, so so what you end up having happening is that you casually mention the bathroom isn't the way you want it. Mm -hmm. And Len hears that and goes, I can show my wife how much I care. I'm listening. Yeah. I hear what she needs. I don't care about this bathroom. I don't want to redo mm-hmm. this bathroom. Yeah, he doesn't care. But I'm going to do it, and I'm going to do it in a way that she loves it because I love her. Mm-hmm. And then what you do is you kind of go, 
this man's over here working on that bathroom. He won't take me on a date. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? That's happened in our marriage. If and he so loved me, he'd take me on a date. I'll appreciate it, but I'm like, oh, that's great. Look, he's so handy, and he fixed the bathroom. But love for me what, like, was, because I've worked on this, let's sit together and let's converse and let's spend time. But it was very limited. And so if he's fixing the bathroom and then doing this and doing that and not spending time, I would go around feeling like, wow, you don't miss me. You don't value time with me. And so you get into an argument with him that ends up going, you don't love me. You don't care about me. And he's like, what are you talking about? Look what I'm doing. (laughs) Yeah. And you're like, no, you're not. And your wires are crossed. Yes. Yeah. And you both care about each other and love each other, but you're misinterpreting Mm -hmm. things. Or... You are misinterpreting, but then also thinking, until we figure out a way for you to love me the way I receive it, there's something wrong with our marriage. And so you're constantly having this person figuring out, okay, so then where do I take you? Like we would do, this is, guys, please pray for me. Don't criticize me. But I, he'd be like, okay, fine. Let's go out. Where do you want to go? And then I'd be like, forget it. You're just doing it because <laughs> he told yep. you. You don't even want to. Because you want him to want to and then pick the place. Yeah, and then enjoy it. You know, Len is not all about let's sit in a restaurant and talk. I'll look at him and be like, look, you're just talking because you want to. You're just doing it because I told you. <laughs> and then how do you win? <laughs> oh my well, because it'd be the same as Len. And we're using your you as an example. We use me earlier if you're just tuning in. Yeah. But uh, it'd be like Len going, I really like working in this bathroom. Come in here with me and let's fix the bathroom yes. together. Yeah. And you get some attitude about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's like, no, Janelle, I want you to want to fix this yeah, bathroom. Exa- look excited. Go get that ruler or whatever. A ruler. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you haven't spent any time fixing anything if no. you're getting a ruler. I'm in the kitchen baking. No, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> She's lying again. <laughs> and, and again, it's, it's not that the solution is that you totally change your perspective and just take it however he gives it. Yeah. I mean, he needs to sometimes plan a date for you. Yeah. But we also have to accept the way they're sending us love. We just have to do it. So I've realized it, but you could be in a marriage and not know. Like, it doesn't look like love a lot of times. Hmm. You know, having a hammer in your hands does not look lovable. (laughs) Especially if you're like, can we cuddle, please? So if somebody's listening now, Brian, and thinking, I don't see it. And they could be, it may have nothing to do with acts of service. Like, how do you look? How do you recognize it? Then if you're really struggling in that area, I'd say get marriage counseling. You think? And have somebody help you through it. Yeah. Mm. Why not? Yeah. I mean, if it's not, it's not easy. And we shouldn't try to do these things in isolation. That'd yeah. be my simple advice on that. Hey, hold up. Where are you going? You know you liked your time with us. You want more. So go ahead, look down, hit that button right there and subscribe, and you'll get updated episodes, and then you can hang some more. And guess what? You can help us out. How? A five-star rating. Hello? You can also hang with us live weekday mornings from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern Time. Download the Moody Radio mobile app, and you're able to connect with us. Or just go to brianandjanelle.org. And we didn't put this together all by ourselves. There's some great people behind this production. We want to thank Ron Eastwood, Kelly Ryder, Paul Carter, Mike Reynolds, Alan Perry, and our awesome and fearless leader, Josue Villa. And finally, this podcast is a production of Moody Radio in Cleveland, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.